Welcome to the Leading Results Fitness Podcast, interviewing some of the best athletes in the world, discussing the training, diet, and supplement principles of top coaches, educating you on all the things fitness and business. Sponsored by the UK's cheapest supplement supplier, My Gym Sucks. Find all the top brands and lowest prices at www.mygymsucks.com. Also sponsored by the only female subscription site, Pro Female Fitness, where you can find some of the UK's best athletes discussing their diets and training, with an interactive forum where you can ask any question and the athletes will get back to you. They have a library of over 300 videos to watch and learn. Now let's hand over to your host, Rob Whitfield, with this week's episode. Hi ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us again today for another TNRF podcast. Today we've got Olympia top three multiple times and also Arnold Classic runner-up Nadia Wyatt. Nadia, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be on the podcast, so thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. So just to kickstart, Nadia, one of the questions that we ask everybody is, how did you get into weight training to start with? So what was your first experience of weight training? Um, so I lifted weights a little in college just because I was a track athlete. Um, but then after college, I didn't really have any competitions to do because track was over. And then it's like, what do you do then? Um, so I started running um, and I got into some uh marathons some half marathons just like distance running because that was the easiest thing I could think of doing um, and I really just didn't know what else to do and I had a friend who was competing in a bodybuilding show which I never like that thought literally never crossed my mind for a second and thinking of ways that I could be active and athletic bodybuilding never once crossed my mind I didn't think that people did it in like near me like I just didn't know uh so <clears throat> I went to my friend's bodybuilding show um and it was local here in St. Louis where I live and um I absolutely loved it like the women on stage they were strong um, but still feminine like you could tell they got into a gym and lifted and um it was just really appealing to me. So that was when I was like, well, let's uh, see what I need to do to try and start bodybuilding and <laughs> got into a gym that way. <laughs> sure. Awesome. So in, in, um, in college, what, uh, what track um, sport did you do? I know you said you was a track athlete, but what, what did you do in college? I, I was a sprinter. Um, and then ironically enough, I also was a jumper, um, which that's the part, that's the kicker. Cause if you've ever met me, I'm pretty small. Uh, I'm five foot one. <laughs> and in my track days, I was like a hundred, 110 pounds, somewhere around there. Um, but I did long jump and triple jump. Uh, and those were my favorites, but I also did sprints, the 100 and 200. And if I was in trouble, the 400. <laughs> <laughs> What um, what was your what was your track record like? Were you a good track athlete? Um, were you somebody who was uh, you know given scholarships, or were you somebody who really worked? Um, I received a scholarship uh, for Northwest, which was the college that I went to for track. Um, I only did track for two years there, um, but I mean I wasn't like the superstar athlete. Like it wasn't a I didn't I, did, I wasn't a standout. Uh, track athlete in college in high school I was but uh, college was a whole different ballpark <laughs> sure yeah sure so what obviously if you was a sprinter what then took you to marathon running before bodybuilding because those are two complete opposites well um, you can't really enter sprint races 
in the real world, like after school is over. So I was like, I guess I'll just run. I don't have to really do anything. Just put on some tennis shoes and go outside. So, uh, and you know, I would always see online to sign up for a 5k or a 10k or this marathon or that marathon. So, um, it was just the easiest thing to start doing. Uh, so that's where I went. <laughs> sure. Sure thing. So if we fast forward in, in a little bit of your career, so, um, you competed, um, a little bit more in your early stages of your career, but now in the, in the, not, not the later stages at all, but now, as you know, you're very, uh, you seem to pick your shows very carefully. Um, so how many shows have you actually done in the last couple of years? Um, because you don't seem to have done that many, which is obviously a, a, a massive benefit to yourself. Um, it's definitely a lot less than when I started off, because I believe starting off, I would do five to seven shows a year. Um, and I did that up until 2018. Um, and in 2018, I did the St. Louis Pro, which was uh, in my hometown. Um, I won that show and waited until the Olympia to compete. And I competed at the Olympia in 2018. Uh, 2019, so I just did two shows that year. Um, 2019, I did the Arnold um, and then the Olympia. So just two shows for 2019. And then I've not done a show for 2020 yet. Um, at the beginning of the year, like I initially planned on not doing the Arnold, um, just because I was reaping the benefits of actually having an off season and giving my body a break and taking time to uh, actually develop and work on the things that like I knew needed to be brought up or um, just different things that I wanted to address before getting on stage again. Um, so I didn't do the Arnold. And then my plan was to... Uh, compete in a show in the summer. Um, but then as you know, coronavirus has happened, gyms have been closed, uh, life has just been different, um, especially for me, because I do also work um, a regular full-time job. So uh, all that kind of went away. And then um, the Olympia got moved. And uh, so it's just, I've not done a show yet this year. I was really looking forward to getting on stage in the summer, um, just because I actually did have an off season, like an actual off season, not like, four to six weeks off, <laughs> um, which I, I mean, I haven't had yet. So um, it's just been an extended off season for me now and um, looking forward to getting on stage for the Olympia in December. <laughs> so obviously because of your place in Nada, you don't have to qualify. So are you still looking to do a show this year? I, when I decided not to do the Arnold at the beginning of the year, I was going to get on stage just to do another show. I don't need to qualify, um, but you know, I just miss the stage and I, a summer show would have also still given me that long off season that I was looking for and needing. Uh, but now I it'll most likely just be the Olympia. Um, well, I know I'll be at the Olympia for sure. I haven't really looked at any of the shows that are before that. Um, it's possible that I'll try and hit something really close to the Olympia just to get on stage again. Um, within a close time frame, but um, that's not like a set in stone thing for me. Sure, sure. And when you've competed less, your results have, have gotten better and better. I know the Olympia um, was the same as a third and a third, which is still incredible and outstanding. But early on in your career, um, you did struggle a lot of the time to make the top 10. Uh, you know, there was a New York Pro where 
you were 16th. And for those who don't know about 16th, it just means that everybody's 16th after 15th. So no matter if there's 30 people, then you'll get 15 people who play 16th. Um, and there were a couple of shows where, again, you didn't get the result that you wanted. So what sort of took you, do you think, from going from somebody who, you know, sometimes wasn't in the mix and wasn't in the top five or top three to somebody who within two years was placing third at the Olympia? Um, honestly, I feel like, uh, well, let's see which part I want to answer first. Um, so I have always believed that I've been a really good competitor. Um, and like, I've had that belief in myself of knowing what I was capable of and what I could be. So uh, I wasn't very shaken very, um, often by placings. Like, obviously it's not fun to get on stage and, you know, you work hard and then you don't place. <laughs> um, so I, then that's not fun. But I also think at the same time, because my placings were so mixed, like um, I took that same year, I was second in St. Louis and then went to New York and didn't place. And it would literally be shows where I would place in the top three. And then next week or two weeks after that, I'd be somewhere else that I'd place 12th. Or, so 2017 was like that for me. It was literally like second, 16th, fifth 12th like um just up and down and so I was like I maybe like I don't know if the judges just don't know like what to do with me uh because I've always also felt that my physique kind of stood out whether that be in a good or bad way <clears throat> it's up to judges to decide but I was like I don't know like I'm just gonna keep competing uh, because I enjoy it um and it was fun for me like I just love the sport so the placings weren't a big deal to me obviously I always wanted to do well uh but not being top three or winning wasn't like the end all for me mm. yeah because you are somebody who comes in peeled like you come in absolutely peeled so yeah, I do agree with what you say. Some days it will be like, oh, look, look at your condition, it's fantastic. But then I think another day you'll get maybe a, another judge who says, oh, maybe that's a not a bit too much for figure. Um, so yeah, I think that's maybe maybe the case sometimes as well. So now you've been quite consistent in your in your results. Um, you know, you had the runner-up at the Arnold. Uh, you won the show in uh, Louisiana. You placed third at the Olympia and then get placed third at the Olympia again. Um what are your expectations now? Because like, I know you said you, you do it for the love of the sport, which is, of course, the main reason that we all do it. But now being so close to the, the pinnacle and being uh, Miss Olympia, what are your expectations going into these big shows? Well, um, my mindset has definitely changed as I've gotten better in the sport. Because uh, like I said, when I started, it really was like, you know, I just, it's fun. Like, I just love it. It's great. Um, but then when you see that, hey, you are actually like a top contender in the sport, then that, that kind of lights a different fire um, to be the number one contender or, and be Miss Olympia or um, winning one of the Arnold shows um, because you're so close. It's like, why not? It's, you're not super far off. Uh, so the goal has definitely changed into winning Miss Olympia. And I mean, I believe I can get there. Um, it's just when you're so close, why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. hundred percent. And what about coaches during this time? Nadia? Are you somebody who has always used a coach who has swapped between a couple of different coaches? Who do you use for coaching? And are you somebody who has used a couple of coaches or have you always been the same person? Um, so I, when I first started 
when when I thought about competing, I did not get a coach right off the bat because I didn't know if I was going to enjoy the sport. I didn't know that I wanted to invest as much money in the sport. So I literally took like, I just made a diet plan myself and kind of drew up a little training program and said, we'll see how this show goes. And if I like it, I'll invest more into it. But I didn't want to like jump all in and you know, this would be something that was just awful to me. Uh, so my very first show that I did, I did not have a coach and um, I had so much fun at that show and my best friend came with me and I won and we celebrated all weekend. So um, I was like, all right, well, um, if I can win a show with, you know, just the little knowledge that I had about the sport and the industry, I was like, I could maybe, maybe go far in this. And uh, so I did start working with the coach um, in 2014 after that very first show. Um, I stayed with that coach up until, so before the, right before the 2018 Olympia, um, I had just felt like I kind of outgrew um, what that coach could help me with and do for me. And um, it just, you know, it, it was just kind of flat and I wasn't improving with the program that he was using and um, that coach also kind of had a lot of clients and so I felt like I wasn't really being individualized to the level that I needed um, and I was doing things on my own that I felt like my coach should have been doing so um, at that point I was just kind of like eh, I'm just gonna kind of call it quits here with the coach because I had been doing my own thing so I left that coach and I just did my own thing until after the 2019 Arnold. So I prepped myself for the Arnold as well. Um, and it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was super stressful, uh, but it was just, I would find myself second guessing very often um, to where I would think, am I lean enough? Am I too lean? Am I crossing this line? Am I like, it was, should I add carbs to this meal? Should I like, it was just, I would, I would just second guess some of the things that I was doing. Um, and that part was like, I, I don't want to deal with all this. Um, so I, there was a, Stan Efforting um, is who I'm working with now. And I had listened to a lot of his stuff uh, on like YouTube and uh, just on Instagram and like I had purchased his uh, vertical diet ebook and a lot of it was things that I 100% was on board with and agreed with and was uh, kind of implementing already not to the extent that he does um, but before I started working with him it was things that I was already trying to do so um, I also like that he uh, focused a lot on strength training um, because that was one of the biggest things to me is I, I'm not a cardio person and not because I don't like it, um, but because I've always felt like it negatively impacted my physique. Um, and Stan's focus was a lot on weights and training and resistance training um, and fueling your workouts and using food for fuel and optimization and um, not to restrict. And obviously there is some restriction involved when you're trying to get stage lean, but um, it wasn't <clears throat> taking out whole food groups and only eating the egg whites and chicken breast. And uh, so it was just a lot healthier approach. Um, and it was, it just seemed more sustainable. So I reached out to him uh, after the 2019 Arnold, and I've worked with him ever since. I'm working with him now, even my off season, I'll be working with him when I prep for this year's Olympia. So um, 
yes and no. I had a coach, then I didn't have a coach, and then I have a coach. <laughs> when when you didn't have a coach, Nadia, did you find yourself um, being overcritical, like pulling away cards potentially when you couldn't, doing more cardio when you probably should have eased off? Yep. Um, I found myself being like, well, I can do more. Like, I wasn't hungry here, so um, why am I making myself eat here? Or, you know, I could probably cut off, like, this much carbs, or I could probably push this. And it was always me, like, pushing the limits of uh, um, what, I, what I felt I could do, which isn't necessarily a good thing, um, especially in the sport of bodybuilding. I think a lot of times we as competitors forget that it is especially female competitors, it is body building. It is not wasting away every single thing in your body until you're like nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, it, I definitely found myself like wanting to push beyond um, and had to kind of course correct and remember what the sport is. Sure, absolutely. And, and I've read quite a lot of stuff from uh, Stan about the vertical dieting method about you know, I know there's a lot of red meat consumed. I know there's a lot of whole foods consumed. Um, for those who, who don't know, and obviously for somebody who has first-hand experience um, of that method, what, what does it look like? Because it seems like you eat quite a lot of food going into a show. So what does that vertical dieting method actually look like? Um, so it definitely is a lot more of red meat. That's not the only meat I eat. Um, I do have a chicken meal in there um, because before I started working with him, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of beef and steak all the time, which isn't bad. I love beef and I love steak, um, but it's a lot of chewing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, um, and uh, it's also like beef is like, I'm very full um, for a while after eating a beef meal. And I was like, I can't eat five meals of beef every day. Um, so it's definitely a plan that you can like kind of customize to what fits your lifestyle. Um, but the big thing with the vertical diet is also um, having foods that don't upset um, your digestion. Um, so uh, having foods that you know, aren't going to make you feel uncomfortable all day long. Um, so it was a lot easier for me to eat the beef and steak and, or well, steak is beef, but I do ground beef as well. Um, so it was a lot easier for me to eat those meals and eat the amount of food that I needed because I wasn't going through the day feeling full all day long. And then it's time to eat again, but I'm still full from the last meal or, or I'm bloated because I put um, this on my food or mix this into my food. Um, it's kind of like just back to basics. Um, so uh, it was a lot more sustainable that way. But me personally, I have three beef meals, one chicken meal, and uh, I do eggs uh, kind of mixed in there. Um, carrots, uh, oranges. I don't know, it's pretty basic food. Uh, all the food groups are in there. There's not like a, you can't have a whole egg you can't have the yolk or you have to eat peanut butter like it's an actual whole food so sure so so by the sounds of it you you avoid a lot of these sort of cool like you know zero calorie this and zero calorie that is that something that you avoid yep um definitely try to avoid all of the sugar alcohols and like the artificial make food taste good chemical because <laughs> um, a lot of that stuff causes so much digestion issues and bloating and um, I when I I used to think oh hey this is uh, zero calories so it's gonna be perfectly fine to 
have this Walden Farm syrup onto my salad or pancakes or whatever. Um, but I would also always have digestion issues and be bloated and just not feeling well. So um, changing to eating like actual food um, has definitely eliminated that problem. Sure. And, and do you think that's had a noticeable change to the maybe the midsection of your physique? I think in general, like for like how I feel um, all day, because it really was a struggle for me to like be hungry for my next meal um, or to eat the food that I needed to eat to create the physique that I wanted um, because I was so bloated all the time. Like I literally would eat and just feel bloated. Um, and you know, you don't really want to train when you feel like that and training is uncomfortable and trying to wear a belt when you feel bloated and you're in the gym, like it's just, it's not the best situation. So um, I definitely think like it switching to eating the way I eat now was it optimized what I was doing. So um, I'm able to eat all the meals that I need to eat, um, train the way I need to train, have the energy that I need to train. Um, like it, it just works together. Um, and I do also think that it did change my midsection, but not just for when I got on stage, but just throughout the day. Like I wasn't, you know, got, I didn't have the bloat belly going on um, all day long. Sure. Awesome. So you mentioned the fact that you, you still run a full-time job and you still have a full-time job. I think you're probably the only top three Olympian that does that. I don't think anybody else in the top three um, of any, any class whatsoever still has a full-time job. So, so kudos to yourself and, and that's, that's an awesome thing. How do you balance being one of the best athletes in the world uh, with still having a full-time job? Uh, I definitely won't say it's a breeze because it's not. Um, uh, for anyone who does not know, I am a human resources leader for Target. Um, so there's definitely times of the year, uh, mainly like the busy holiday shopping season and summer um, where things are pretty crazy. So uh, my days are jam-packed all day long. You know, I'll wake up at six, seven o'clock in the morning, come to work and I'm at work eight, nine hours, sometimes 10, just depends on, you know, what's going on. Um, leave work and go to the gym, uh, leave the gym and go home. Uh, so, uh, I mean, that's basically my day and I, I definitely have to have a schedule so that I can find time for like fun things for myself. I do have a boyfriend as well. Uh, so making time for my boyfriend and my family, uh, if there's things that I have to get done, it needs to get scheduled. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it really is just going off of the schedule and I'm fortunate enough to where my boyfriend is also into athletics, he power lifts. Uh, so we can go to the gym together uh, or, you know, we can prep our food together. And it's not just, you know, I'm gone all day because I'm at work and then I'm gone all day because I'm off training and then I never get to see anybody. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I've definitely had to work to find that balance of being able to spend time with people um, while also uh, making time to get, you know, bodybuilding uh, things completed in addition to work. But I don't know. I've done it for a while now. So I, it just feels normal to me. Sure. And here would be a pressing question. What takes priority? So when you're, when you're six weeks out, that probably coincides with the fact that it's your busy period during holiday period. So what takes priority then? Um, I am fortunate enough to where here, uh, where I work at Target, my 
well, uh, my peers and my boss, like they understand uh, that I am an elite athlete in the sport um, and that I'm not, you know, just kind of chasing some dreams that are <laughs> nowhere within reach. Uh, so, I mean, it's it hasn't really been very difficult and I haven't had to make like too many tough choices. Uh, I did have to break the news on Monday um, that, hey, the Olympia got moved and it is the weekend right before Christmas. Because that's really not an ideal time for me to be gone. Um, but, you know, they were super supportive and um, they totally understand, like they get it. So it hasn't been a stress for me. Um, I, and I honestly was so nervous to let them know that, because not doing the Olympia is not really an option for me. Uh, so the fact that um, my team at work was so supportive and they weren't like, eh, I mean, it's before Christmas, we kind of need you here. Uh, like, yes, it would be nice if I were, would be able to be here the week before Christmas, um, but our team's fine at work and uh, they'll be fine. And I'm sure they'll also be cheering me on <laughs> uh, from home. So it's really nice to have support uh, on my work side as well as you know home and bodybuilding awesome yeah great and i know you mentioned your colleagues there do do they actually understand how successful you are in the sport do they understand obviously the the prestige of like placing top three at the olympia and second at the arnold um it's a mixed bag a couple of them do um and then a few uh, others they i feel like they think i just kind of went to the next town over and won a show or something. But <laughs> um, but there's a pretty big group um, within Target who like they actually understand that like it's a big deal. Sure, awesome, awesome. So I have a couple of viewers questions, Nadia. They, um, they're quite good, they're always, um, they're always interactive. Um, so the first one is, what is your current training split like and has it changed recently when trying to work upon weak points? So my current training, well, it's funny that you say current because I literally just started a new training program on Friday. Um, so like I said, I was wanting to do a show in the summer. And so I had a five day on, two day off. I had my splits of what I was doing for every day. And then I was, well, Chicago was the show that I was going to do. Um, and then when I found out about moving the Olympia and all that stuff, I was like, well, I've really need to figure out what I'm doing now. Um, so I actually just switched um, my training program uh, to be a little more of a volume-based uh, training program. Um, and I've only been on it for about two days now. So uh, today's day three. So uh, I am fresh into a new program. Uh, I mean, so far it's great. And uh, I don't know, I'll let you guys know if anything different happens, but um, I am on a new program right now. <laughs> Haven't had much time with it. Sure. And what body parts are you trying to bring up for the, the next show? Shoulders. I feel like that's always been my weak point. Um, I feel like my legs will bloom um, with just a little bit of heavy weight. Um, however, my upper body, it just, it just needs a little more help. So um, I'm definitely focusing on bringing up my shoulders to match the rest of my body. <laughs> sure. Awesome. You've been competing since 2014. Firstly, I don't know if that's correct. Is that correct? Um, yes, 2014 was my first year with the NPC. I did five shows, nationals was my fifth show and I won my pro card that year. Sure. So the question reads, you've been competing since 2014. 
you've seen a shift in the shape of the figure athletes from the original 2014 until now. Did you train to create that shape or do you have that shape naturally? So I think they may be referring to people like maybe Nicole Wilkins and stuff like that mm -hmm. who are very differently shaped to what they are now. So is that something that you work towards? Um, it's, I would say it was more of a natural thing um, because honestly, when I started competing, um, I didn't really have any idea about looking for shape. Um, I just knew that bodybuilders lifted weights uh, and they had a small waist. So <laughs> that was really what I was going off of. I just lifted and um, held, uh, maintained a feasible diet. And um, when I, as I was more and more into the sport, I realized that um, bodybuilding is shape, size, symmetry, conditioning, those things. So then my training and diet kind of honed in on shape. Uh, but initially, it, it wasn't like a, oh, I would like to be this shape on stage. So that's what I'm going to go for. It was just training and, you know, let my body go how it went. Um, but now I am cautious to pay attention about um, not doing things to uh, that would create a physique contrary to the shape that I want when I'm on stage. But that wasn't an initial thought uh, when I started competing. Sure. And, and what may those things be, Nadia, for the listeners who are, who are unsure? So what things would you potentially avoid to ruin your, your beautiful shape of your narrow waist and your wide shoulders? Um, so anything that is going to make my waist thicker or blocky, um, that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, so I see a lot of people doing like those weighted, uh, I guess they're like an old bleak crunch kind of thing with like kettlebells or heavy weights or I'm not trying to build out in any any way in my midsection so um, that's probably the biggest thing I see and I don't necessarily want to say heavy squats because I don't believe uh, that most people especially starting out and especially women are going to lift heavy enough to give them a blocky waist um, and I love squatting heavy uh, that's literally my favorite thing to do is heavy squats um, I even did powerlifting for a minute. Um, so uh, I don't want to say heavy squats because I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea, but um, really just anything that's going to thicken my core is what I stay away from. Awesome. awesome. In terms of mindset, what do you think divides the top athletes to the ones that are okay? What was that? In terms of mindset, what do you think divides the top athletes from the ones that are okay? Um, let's see. I think what divides the top from just okay is definitely commitment. So how in you are, like those athletes at the top, like I guarantee they're all in. And then um, also, that belief in themselves. Um, because like I was saying at the beginning, like I could have, you know, taken a 12th or 16th or whatever place and been like, well, obviously I'm not cut out for this or um, felt bad that I wasn't placing well or, um, you know, just use that as like a, eh, I'm not gonna get to the top of this sport because I'm not doing so great. Um, but like, I strongly believed in, who I was and what I could do. And there wasn't really anything that anyone could have said to me or even now could say to me to where I would be like, huh, 
maybe you're right. <laughs> like it just, it, it's not going to happen for me. Um, and then I would probably say the biggest thing, which is going to kind of, uh, goes in with the commitment and belief in yourself is knowing your why. That's always been my strongest reason is why are you doing what you're doing? I, if you don't have a strong why, it doesn't take much to get you off track or off path. So um, having a strong why, being 100% in, and, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, so the commitment, the why. Oh, and believing in yourself, that having that belief. Yeah. So obviously that's going to lead me on to the next question. What is your why then? So before I got into competing, I was very different than the woman I am today. Um, I was a lot more timid. Um, I kind of would like walk on eggshells and just kind of do whatever people wanted me to do and try to do everything to like please everybody. And um, I just never really thought I was good enough for anything. And I was always striving to be better and better and better because I felt like I wasn't enough. Um, and so when I started bodybuilding and that was something that I was doing for me and it was something I was doing because I wanted to do it and I enjoyed it and I had fun doing it. Um, I mean, I got those people who would say, oh, you're going to do bodybuilding, you're going to look like a man or whatever. But, um, this was something that made me happy. It made me feel good. And so I started doing it and I stuck with it. I loved the result that I saw on stage from other competitors and that's what I wanted for myself. So, uh, um, in the journey of getting to where I am now, um, like I've had to be able to say no to people or make an, uh, make a choice that, um, was benefiting me and not necessarily negatively impacting someone else, but, you know, maybe it wasn't what I would have done a few years ago because back then I would have, you know, dropped everything that I had planned to please this person. Um, so it's definitely made me a stronger person. Um, it's made me find my voice to be able to speak up about honestly anything that I want to speak up about. Um, like it, it's, you know, made me do what I need to do to be happy. Um, and not in a selfish way. Um, like I'm still a very caring, very giving person. Like I love people. I love hanging out. I love spending time with people, but at the same time, like I also take care of me. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an awesome message. Uh, I, I know you're a part of First Form as well, and um, I listen to a lot of Andy Fasella. Um, that's very much the, the almost the First Form message and, and the message that he portrays. So I can imagine, obviously, both being from uh, the same town as well or the same city, you, you both get on pretty well then with that mindset. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely love the First Form brand and the team over there. Um, and a lot of it, like, they're just real people and they're real genuine. And those are the kind of people that I like to surround. I just love genuine people. And that's what I get from first one. Awesome. Brilliant. So we always finish with just two questions, Nadia. Um, so if you could uh, have dinner with three people involved in the fitness industry um, and it would be your last dinner, who would those three people in the fitness industry be? Hmm. I got to think about this one because I want to make a good, good, good picks. <laughs> Three. 
All right. I'm going to say this is tough. I can only choose three of them. I know, I know. All right. Ronnie Coleman. Yep. Linda Murray. This last one. <laughs> can I do four? Go on. You can do four, yep. Uh, Franco Colombo and The Rock. That's well, my four. Ronnie, Ronnie always comes up. Ronnie Coleman always comes up. I think he's just a, just a legend above, above legends. Um, <laughs> Linda's, Linda's not come up before, actually, but I'm surprised, actually. Now you've said her, I'm surprised she's not come up because, obviously, she, again, is, is a legend upon legends. So, yeah. Um, the, the Rock's always great because, of, you know, he, he's just, again, this huge character who has achieved so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and why Franco Colombo? That's actually a first as well. I'm not sure why Franco Colombo. I just enjoy him as a bodybuilder. Like, mm. obviously, I don't know him, um, but I do enjoy posts that I see of Franco Colombo. Yeah, sure. Yeah, awesome. And then the, the final question, uh, this one, again, is just a bit more fun. Um, as we are in lockdown um, and people have a bit more time on their hands, uh, your three favorite film or series um, that you'd recommend people watch? Um, well, this one's a TV series, and it is my favorite, The Office, The American Office. Um, I mean, British Office is good, too, but my favorite would be The American Office. So uh, if no one has seen The Office, it is, I could watch those episodes on repeat over and over and over. It's just, I don't know, it's just funny to me. So I love that show. Um, let's see. I mean, really, I just got The Office. Outside of that, I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Um, is the um, is the Michael Jordan documentary available in the U.S.? The, the... It is, and we have actually been watching that. I haven't watched the latest episode, um, but we have been watching the Michael Jordan documentary at home. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What else do we have on Netflix at the moment? I'm trying to think of some good series that people could maybe watch. The, the Michael Jordan documentary is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe a friends is like an endless, an endless one that people watch as well. That's another yeah. one. <laughs> that's another one that people watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we always. That's a tough question because people, you know, it's almost like people forget what they've watched and they forget what's good. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's always a good question to chuck out there. But so for example, uh, Nadia, thank you ever so much. Um, if anybody wants to contact you um, for a podcast or uh, just to reach out, what is the best way for someone to reach out to you? Um, Instagram, slide in the DM. <laughs> and my Instagram is IFBB underscore figure underscore pro underscore Dia. Perfect. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Nadia. I really appreciate that. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great interview. So take care. Thank you so much. See ya. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And make sure you subscribe. Until next time, check out all the athletes' updates on Pro Female Fitness. And for all your supplement needs, head over to www.mygymsupps.com.